Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I'm Clayton Caldwell with Spencer Cowan here as we are bringing you a quick preview of the dual races here at Daytona International Speedway. They'll be running here uh, starting at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. Also, the second race will start at 9 o'clock. So we'll break down the duels a little bit, talk about who's got to race their way in, who's gonna, who could have a good run, and what the strategies might be for some of these teams in each of these 150-mile qualifying races for the Daytona 500, the 62nd running of the race. If you look at quick... As we look at race one quickly here, obviously Stenhouse is going to be on the pole. He took the pole for the Daytona 500. If you're not familiar 100% yet with the qualifying format of the Daytona 500, no matter what happens to Stenhouse today, unless he crashes and, and goes to a backup car, he will start on the pole for the Daytona 500. So Stenhouse is going to have a pole position. He's going to be there. Uh, he can finish 10th, and he'll still start on the pole. The rest of the drivers... Their positions will be determined. Their starting positions will be de- for the Daytona 500 will be determined where they finish in these 150 qualifying races. Uh, so that is what we're dealing with tonight. There's also a couple of drivers who can race their way in. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. As one, there's a one spot open in each dual race for an open team. We'll talk about that. Also, two drivers that qualified their way in on Thursday, or excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, no matter what happens, they're going to race on thir- on Sunday. Uh, but what they can do here on Thursday is improve their starting position from where they were uh, in qualifying on Sunday. So we'll talk about that, of course, a little bit. But I want to just discuss a few things here as we look at it. You know, Stenhouse is on the pole. His, uh, Ricky, uh, Chase Elliott starting second, Spencer. Hendrick Motorsports power there in row one. Row two, you have Toyota and Ford power. And then, of course, row three, you have uh, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, Toyota, and Ford as well. So, um, you know, really the, the next um, driver you have to look at as far as a Hendrick Motorsports-powered engine in this dual race, aside from Elliott and Stenhouse, is going to be Ryan Priest in a 37. That's Stenhouse's teammate. Um, so what do you think about what we could see as far as strategy for Stenhouse and Elliott? I think they could potentially uh, work to w- to together early in this event until – things sort of settle out here and they get other Chevrolets up there to compete with them. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But if I was Stenhouse, I'd lay low. But he's an aggressive driver, and I don't really see him falling to the back and just waiting around. And, um, you know, he's he doesn't – his main goal is not to wreck his race car, and he's starting on the pole for the 60-second running of the Daytona 500, which is a big deal. You know, a new team, um, it's a lot of momentum. Um, so I, it's, I think – all the Chevys will work together, um, whether you see it in the duel. I think you'll see it in the duels because they want to get an idea. They're definitely going to work together in the the 500. We saw that in the Clash. Uh, Chevy train, we saw Ford train and Toyotas work together. So you never really saw a mixture of manufacturers. Um, and as Clayton said, you know, Priest is starting back behind uh, Stenhouse and Elliott. So I'm sure they'll all make their way and find each other and see what their cars can do in a pack of just Chevys and um, you saw in the clash, they, they ditched Hamlin. Hamlin tried to join the group, and they said, no th- uh, no thanks, we don't want you. So um, you're going to see manufacturers working hard together. I agree with that. I think one of the things we're, I'm really curious to look at here in, in race one, and, and particularly in race two, is I think there was a few teams who elected to not focus on qualifying trim in qualifying and, and just sort of focus on race trim since this is an impound race. There are points given tonight. People forget that. Uh, there are 10 points given. Now, there's no playoff points given, but there are 10 points given for um, the, the winner, nine points for second, and so on and so forth until we get to 10th. They each get one point used to the regular season total. So there are some points, and teams might be uh, you know, thinking about that as they, they went through qualifying. Um, so when you look at what 
what uh, when you look at exactly what we're doing and what these teams did as far as qualifying was concerned, this is a sort of an impound race to the duels. They can't really work on their race cars. So some of these teams might have elected to work on drafting and focus on drafting. I think Kozlowski's in that boat. I think Martin Truex Jr., as you look at, they're starting 11th and 12th today. I think they are uh, the guys who might be looking at drafting. Same thing with Austin Dillon. Now, Austin Dillon, ECR Power, has always been very, very good at Daytona, even going back to the days of Dale Earnhardt and uh, how many poles Earnhardt took, how many 125s he won uh, in his day. They've always been very, very strong here. So it was kind of surprising to see the ECR-powered cars so low in the qualifying order and starting so far back. But I think that's a cause to a fact of um, them really focusing on race trim and focusing on uh, the 150s and doing what they can to uh, get some points. Do you, Who do you expect to be fast tonight that maybe starts uh, back there? You also got Bubba Wallace starting here in race one in 17th spot. Uh, he's a guy who finished runner-up in the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago. Uh, what do you think about, about the guys who are uh, big-name drivers who we don't really see towards the back normally in qualifying, but maybe we're focusing on a different you know, qual- uh, qualifying uh, race package, and that's why they're back there? Yeah, you see Ryan Blaney starting there in 14th. He's definitely going to make his way to the front uh, really pretty quick in this duel. Um, there's no need for him to run around in the back. And, you know, I believe he's qualified 27th in qualifying, and that's definitely not where he wants to start in the Daytona 500. Um, you know, you're not all the way in the back, but you're not all the way in the front, and that's normally when them wrecks happen. And, um, he's strong. He's a hell of a plate racer, and he's going to make his way to the front. And then Dylan, you know, the ECR, you know, Clayton just touched on it. Um, they're, I mean, they're fast in qualifying. Their motors are strong, especially at these plate tracks. And, you know, Dylan, he's pretty decent at these plate tracks. Um, he has a, you know, he has a pretty general idea of what to do there. So I see him making his way to the front. And then you got Bubba Wallace. You know, he's not the slowest car out there. He's not the fastest, but, um, he, you know, he finished second in the 500. So look at him to make his way up there. He wants to start up front uh, when the green flag drops in the Daytona 500. And toward, that's about all I have for the towards the back. And maybe John Hunter, he could get his way up there, and Brad will definitely find his way up there. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. Yeah, I think the the most interesting part, uh, one of the most interesting parts about tonight is going to be the open teams. There's seven of them down here this weekend at Daytona, four in race one, three in race two. Two have already qualified their way in, so really there's five guys fighting for two spots. In race one, the open teams, there's four of them in race one, as I mentioned. Justin Haley, of course. You have Reed Sorensen in the 27 for Premium Motorsports, uh, Daniel Suarez, and Chad Fincham for MBM Motorsports. Now, Haley qualified his way in. He will race no matter what happens tonight. Uh, But he can race his way in and be the highest finishing open team. Now, that would open a position for a team in qualifying, another team that was fastest in qualifying, which would be Reed Sorensen, who's third quickest. Um, I'm curious just to see how those guys race in the open teams and, you know, really curious to see what happens with Daniel Suarez. We've seen Toyota in the past here go to the back. They tried to do it last year with Parker Kligerman, go to the back and, and really be a pusher to these to these teams that need to get into the show. Toyota's got a big uh, investment into that 96 team. Their lap was horrible. They cannot qualify their way in. So they, they have to sit here and really just uh, – take it and and try and race their way in. That's their only option to get in. If something happens in front of them where they spin, they're out. They're not going to race in the Daytona 500. And Daniel Suarez is running for uh, the full season, so they're going to need the points. Uh, so I can see, totally see somebody coming out there and um, you know put going back, whether it's Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, uh, the Toyota teams who sit there, Martin Truex Jr., who's, gonna, who's closer to the back with uh, Daniel Suarez, 
going to the rear and picking up Suarez. So I guess my question to you is, Spencer, before we move on to race two, who do you think of the open teams races their way in here in race one? I would have to say Daniel Suarez just because of his experience. Um, but then yet again, you also have these guys that are used to racing their way in. They know the pressure. They know what they have to do. And Suarez is used to being locked in. He's used to flying down to Daytona and saying, hey, I'm going to race the Daytona 500 what, no matter what happens. But, um, you know, they got – um, you know, they got a lot of help from Toyota this year, more than what they had last year with Parker Kligerman. Um, and like Clayton said, if uh, there's a Toyota around him, you know, they're not going to go with a Ford. They're definitely going to slide in behind Suarez and give him a bump and see if they can't push him to the front. Um, and like Clayton said, he's running a full year, so he really has to make this race or that's going to be a disaster to the beginning of his season with Gaunt Brothers Racing. Um, and then going to the West Coast, he, he, he really needs to make this race. So uh, Suarez is probably my pick to race his way in because that's all that's all he has he has to go out and race hard for sure and and i i'm just curious to see how haley does if they're going to elect to now they don't have a backup here in that 16 if they're going to sit and go and sit in the rear and just not you know be in the draft or, or really contend for anything i'm curious to see how they're going to do brendan gone who's in race two has basically said he's going to hang out in the back and not really race so we'll talk about race two now here Really quick, uh, Alex Bowman's the pole sitter there. He's set on the outside of the front row. Again, Bowman, no matter what happens to him tonight, unless he crashes, goes to a backup car, he will start the Daytona 500 in the second position. He could finish 19th uh, in the draft and hang out in the rear, pull it in four laps early if he has to. He will start on the outside of the Daytona 500, outside row of the Daytona 500 in the front there on the outside row. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, his teammates in the second, a good lap. A lot of people's picked to win this. Then you have Kyle Busch, William Byron, Eric Jones. Kevin Harvick, a lot of young drivers in this race. You have Custer in a, in a rookie, Tyler Reddick's in this race, uh, Matty Benedetto in a really good car for the first time. So, uh, you know, some fast rookies in that car. But really what we focus on this race is, again, you know, you have a couple of guys who um, need to race their way in. Uh, Brendan Gaughan is, is, is the guy who, again, qualified his way in. I think he's going to hang in the rear. Timmy Hill's the next guy. And then B.J. McLeod in the 52 uh I'm sorry, J.J. Yaley in the 54. I got that wrong. J.J. Yaley in the 54 is the other open team. So it's Gone Hill and Yaley in race two that need to quali- that need to race their way in. But Gone is qualified for the 500 no matter what happens. So really, Yaley was really far off the pace on Sunday. This could be Timmy Hill's race to lose. Um, I'm curious to see how Gone plays it. There might be a, a you know – Something where there might be a deal in place with a team from race one to sit there and say, please, you know, the 2017 team, for example, they might have a, a their Chevrolet team. There might be a, a call from Chevrolet to say, gone, we need you to race hard because we want Reed Sorensen to make the Daytona 500. So we need you to race hard because we want to get Reed Sorensen in for a Chevrolet team. So there might be some other factors in this race, but I think Timmy Hill is sitting in a really good spot here considering that gone doesn't want to tear up stuff. He doesn't want to back up and Yaley is so far off the pace. Now, you brought up a great point about the experience. Yaley has it. I think he's run his way in a couple of times before. So uh, what do you think about the open drivers and everything we're going to see here in race two? Yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's Timmy Hill's race to lose. Um, there's no point for Gone to go out there and race hard and tear up his equipment. He's locked in. I know if I was racing that 62 car and I was locked in, I'm going to hang out in the back and I'm going to have a hell of a day come Sunday and try to win the Daytona 500. Um, he's... It's his final year. He's got four races. He's going to make the best of it, that's for sure. So um, it's smart. Hang out in the back and make the race. And like Clayton said, Yaley was it was not that good. Um, so Timmy Hill, I mean, he's not in the best car. That car ran in the back at the end of the duel and last year and had to race, like, really, really hard to make the way. Um, and 
he, you know, gone. It was a three-way battle between them three. So um, with the guys who are locked in and they're going to sit around the back, I think Timmy Hill's sitting in a very good spot. Um, he just has to, you know, race a clean race, smooth race, um, you know, find the right lines. He doesn't have to win it. He just has to get the right position to lock himself in, and that's all that matters. Once you're locked in, you're locked in. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Gone races, and really what Gone does determines what Hill's race is going to be like, to be honest with you. So um, we just, we'll just have to see. For sure, and I think that's going to be the most interesting racing of the night. Real quick before we end here uh, on this edition of Talking Circles, we're previewing the 150-mile qualifying races here on Thursday. Um you think we're going to see sort of a wreck fest here? I mean, this is a package that we've never seen here in Speed Weeks before. Last year we had uh, the previous package with the restrictor plates. This year they have a tapered spacer, obviously the big blade on the back of these race cars. So it's a lot different than what we've seen in Speed Weeks here in previous years. Do you think we'll see a wreck fest like we saw in the uh, Clash on Sunday? Or are these drivers going to use their heads, say, you know what, there's some points on the line, Daytona 500 cars on the line. What are your thoughts on how tonight's going to go? Yeah, I don't. I don't even think the points is in their mind at all. This is this isn't the clash. This is their 500 car. And um, as a driver, I'm not a driver, but I can tell you right now, none of the drivers want to go to a backup car. You know, the primary is set up. That's their best car they have. Sometimes nine times out of ten, um, you know, that's the car that they uh, have trust in, and they know their team put their blood, sweat, and tears in to go try to win the biggest race that this sport has to offer. So um, there's no point to going out there and running stupid if you're locked in to the show and tear up your equipment. Um, I think we're just going to see a high train on the high side, and, um, you know, we don't like that, but that's just probably what you're going to have to deal with. Um, and, of course, the guys have to race their way in. They'll have their battle, and that'll be exciting, but um, this is probably going to be a clean race. Yeah, I would think so, too. I think these drivers, for whatever reason, usually race two is a lot more relaxed than race one in these duels uh, because everybody kind of sees what happens in race one. If race runs crazy, everybody kind of sees and says, we're not going to go do that. So uh, they, they usually – race two is a little bit more calm usually than race one. So if there is a, a race that might be wreckfest or see some carnage, it will be race one, I believe, here uh, as we get ready to go for – the dual 150s. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles here. Quick preview of the 150s, and, and we're down here at Speed Weeks uh, 2020 here. So uh, follow our Facebook page, go to our Twitter page, see what we're posting, uh, and and you know we'll 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 provide you as much coverage as we possibly can here on Talking Circles. See you later, everybody.